Happy Wednesday, Unwoke Nation, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 29 of The Unwoke Show, where free speech is welcome, all subjects are on the table, and your boys Rich and Tim bring you the latest information every single week for your enjoyment, baby. I am your host, Rich, along with my co-host here, Timmy. How you doing, Tim? Good, and you, Rich? Doing great, man, doing great. Hey, we want to make sure to say a shout-out to all of our listeners out there. We've gotten a, we've been looking at some of the numbers out here. We see that we got a brand-new audience out there. In Kazakhstan, so we definitely want to thank you guys for reaching out here in our show. And also, and remember, guys, we are always here to hear any type of topics that you might have in mind. You can definitely reach out to us at feedback at unwokedtheshow.com. That's feedback at unwokedtheshow.com. Love to be able to hear from you guys. Also, hope you're going to enjoy tonight's show. And also, uh, it's been pretty, pretty good, pretty good uh, day so far. So we're looking forward yeah. to uh, the the show tonight and everything. So kind of. Pick it up a little bit of what we had about a week or so ago. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, all right, guys. So tonight's episode on episode 29 right here is called The Right Has Lost Its Mind. Yeah, so this dovetails right off of a previous episode that uh, will be coming out called uh, The Far Left, or is already, excuse me, is already out called The Far Left Has Gone Bonkers. Um, if you haven't been sleeping under a rock lately, um, all the major news sites are all over... Um, Trump and the latest indictment and uh, his uh, potential for losing his ability to do business in the state of New York and losing the Trump brand uh, in those states, right? So it got me thinking, um, and Rich, you and I have talked about this uh, off air several times um, about our political system as a whole. So we figured, you know, we've looked at the left. Let's go ahead and dive in and look at the right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off, uh, for those who don't know what the right is, it's a portion of the political uh, spectrum associated with conservative thought and beliefs. Okay. So, uh, you know, good Christian home, less government, uh, more money in your pocket, right? Um, I would even go as so far as more... Um, traditional relationship values, right? And so what has happened, um, and it's pretty obvious if you just pay attention to any of uh, the news media outlets is you're seeing this shift, right? We've seen a shift on the left, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing a shift on the right. And so the question is, you know, what is happening to Republicans? And uh, this is coming directly from The New Yorker. Uh, One answer is that the party's predicament might uh, fairly be called the revenge of the kooks. In just four years, the GOP, a powerful 167-year-old institution, has become the party of Donald Trump. Okay. 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 So, um... I don't think that part's in dispute. Um, and, I, and I say that because if you look at the Republican base, your, your traditional base, um, primarily made up of the greatest generation. I would agree with that, yes. Okay. Um, that generation is aging out. Yes, it is. A lot of them are in their seventies, and no, uh, their seventies and going into their eighties. You're absolutely right. right. So, um, 
and all of a sudden you have somebody from you know i guess what would trump fall into that greatest gener- generation demographic well according to if i'm saying this correctly you know the uh baby boomer generation was born between 1946 and 1964 if i stand so he would have fallen into yeah i think so okay. So here it is. You have somebody from that generation speaking to that base or the okay. primary base, right? And so um, as I get back to the comment about the shift, I think what we're seeing um, is a base that is dwindling, mm-hmm. right? Um, the party itself is trying to hold on to its conservative value, even though the age of its base is changing. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Right. And so it's trying to, um, you know, trying to hold on to, um, I guess what you could call its roots and refusing to evolve. Right. And so if we go all the way back to, um, 2016, you know, Donald Trump, you know, he began his campaign by issuing racist and misogynist salvos. And during his presidency, he gave cover to white supremacists, reactionary militia groups, and QAnon followers. Okay. Okay. You know, as, as you and I were talking uh, off show earlier, um, you know, you had mentioned neo-Nazis and some of these what we would call fringe groups that are out there that have all of a sudden developed a voice. You know, I think they're loosely tied into that base because, you know, when you look at neo-Nazis, they're primarily made up of white men. Right. Right. And that's what the base is. It's right. It's white men, you know, white women. Um, You're not seeing a whole lot of anything else in between. I mean, uh, and we, as uh, Tim had mentioned before, yeah, we were just talking about this uh, pre-show. You know, um, my my only issue is, is I I do agree with you when you're saying that you know a lot of your, you know, your alt right or you know, uh, uh, supremacist or whatever like that or so they're very very fringe. And granted, of course, the the Republican Party, for the most part, you know, or at least we're saying currently, uh, probably in the last 30, 40 years, has mostly been. Uh, majority been like white white conservatives and all but there what hasn't been talked about so when we go back to 2016 is that there has been although much less but there has been a growth in the amount of minorities where who are taking on the what what you may call the original republican format and also so if we use the we use an example you know, just last year, or I think the year before, because I also went through a midterm, uh, you know, there is a county down in Texas that was known for major- majority of the time when they had elections for senators. Uh, they normally went Democrat. And for the first time, what the, not only did they happen to find someone, uh, right. they ended up electing someone who is a Republican, but she but it was it was a Republican. A female, um, a female, and I think she was not born here. And that, and for that particular area in Texas, it was the first 
Republican elected in that area in 150 years. Mm-hmm. And so there are minorities who are part of the Democrat, I'm sorry, who are part of the Republican Party. And also it just hasn't grown to such a dramatic, you know, in other words, it's like, you know, Tim would sit there and say, we're looking at an article and someone said, oh my God, it's like Republican Party's got, you know, 20% more, you know, African-American, something like that. It's like, okay, yeah, that's going to be a story, but that's not happening. Exactly. Right. It's not happening, but it's, it's slowly growing as well. So like your Candace exactly. Owens and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So uh, this is interesting. And I had just learned about this tonight and it got me thinking. It says one of the most telling developments of the 2020 uh, presidential election um, was rarely discussed. And in August, the Republican National Convention convened without presenting a new party platform. So in other words, they, they want their, okay, no, go, go keep explaining. Yeah. So the convention was solely, um, centered around Trump. The events, all of which took place at the White House, validated an increasing suspicion that Trump himself was the Republican platform. Uh, if, if we go from a practically speaking perspective, the refusal to articulate concrete positions spared the party the embarrassment of watching the president contradict them. Um, you know, back in 2016, Religious conservatives succeeded in getting an anti-pornography plank into the platform, only to be confronted by the news of Trump's extramarital affair with the adult film performer Stormy Daniels. Whoops. Yeah. I mean, what I can say about that is, um, as you were saying about like the, the Republican platform, um, yeah, I understand that there's a lot of people feel that, you know, oh, it's like we don't need to say that. But I have said to you previously as well, is that I do think we do I do think that's a party that needs to get back to its conservative views and I think what you're trying to say is that they that it needs to be stated that you know this is what it is or because you know we have to be honest I mean Donald Trump is not a person where it comes off as what the United States has been known as being like the typical presidential in other words his mannerisms you know the the very brashness and stuff like that so we're we're not used to that well, but also playing to um, author- or, um, authoritarian views mm-hmm. and dictators. I, I mean, remember July 4th, he wanted to parade uh, a military parade. Mm-hmm. Um, all, you know, all he of our tanks. Uh, yeah, North, yeah. North, North Carolina. Uh, North, Carolina. <laughs> North Korea no, North or, Korea, right. or Russia military. You know, he wanted... Right. Right there in Red Square, right? Um, he has definitely catered to author- um, authoritarian dictators. You know, his touting up his relationship with Kim Jong-un and how he got these incredible letters and then how he thought Putin was a really great guy and how he would have had the whole uh, Ukraine invasion thing uh, dissolved within a month of him being you know, reelected. Right. Yes. Yeah. He, he did say that. You're right. right. And so what happens, he loses. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have um, a group of 
what they call hardline conservative Republicans who are essentially Trump's base. Mm-hmm. Um, the you, you know we've got the uh, ousting of Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, that just recently happened. Right ago. by his own people. Right. Shockingly. Yeah, and and I mean, wake up, America! You, this is the same group that actually wanted the government to shut down. I mean, it, it, it was stated McCarthy was, you know, he worked with some Democrats to try to get a short term, what was it, 42 day funding mm-hmm. to keep the government running. But to to lose your job and it's not just that there's been other things that, um, you know, have been talking points of saying, well, it's time to oust. Yeah, I mean, there there's a lot of other uh, like more they're like political podcasts. Right. So even once. Specifically, like I said, ones that are conservative or so they didn't like a lot of what McCarthy, they didn't think McCarthy was strong enough. Or right. Sometimes, you know, like uh, there were opportunities that him as Speaker of the House should have been able to go that you that he would should know that conservatives would go for. And he did absolutely nothing. And so I think that's probably some of the reason why he was he was ousted. You know, so Gates got up there and said his speech and, yeah, you know, um, you know, but the. But the character of the current uh, Republican Party, you know, can hardly be attributed to Trump alone, right? You've got uh, 139 House Republicans and eight senators that voted against certifying some of the elect- uh, electoral college votes, even after being forced to vacate their chambers just uh, hours earlier on January 6th. Wait, you're trying to say that they were they were purposely not doing that? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, they were voting. These are people, I mean, these are Republican senators that are refusing to mm-hmm. certify that. Well, and I understand, I see, because they, they were looking at, and it was from the way I understood the story, they, they just happened to be there. They were senators that just believed that there was still something wrong. With the election and also, and that's just being fair. I'm not saying right or wrong or anything right. like that. But just saying, you know, they thought that there was just still something wrong in that, you know, when it came to the finalization of it before we get to electoral college and, and doing that. So, yeah, but that wasn't perpetrated by them. That message was already being broadcast the minute he was lost the race. I and, mean, I, I can't comment on that or if that's, you know, that's true or. Or not, but I do understand it's like, you know, it was a big fiasco where it's because even with Mike Pence, where they were kind of like, you know, Mike was Mike Speaker of the House at that time. No, 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 he wasn't. No, he, he was not senator. So um, it's like, yeah, so you have that. I mean, well, obviously vice president, but yeah, he was the divide. He's the deciding vote in the Senate. Right? And yeah, in the Senate. So it's one of those um, things where or not things. It's a situation where, and this is something we've never seen previously. Absolutely not. Um, where the notion of fairness comes into play. Mm-hmm. And that the only way things were going to be fair is if my candidate wins. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we hadn't seen anything like this since basically, what, 2000 between Bush and Gore. Right. And I mean, Gore ultimately said, hey, you know what? You won. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they were arguing over. Um, Chaz. Yeah. Voting cards that didn't 
if the spot wasn't completely punched out, but the the tab may have been slightly hanging, does that constitute? You know, does that count as an actual vote? Right. And, right. right. I mean, so, um, you know, that doesn't raise to the level of. Oh no, comparison. Yeah. And 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 I don't think you were trying to draw the comparison. Uh-huh. I think you were just pointing out an example. But the fact that we actually have to think about what's fair, mm-hmm. everything being called into question, and that's even going yeah. right. That's even going on today. What was that? Maricopa County in Arizona. Yeah. Right. Still, you know, they were dealing with fairness, and there it's the governorship and everything. Yeah. They were Kari Lake, and uh, I think the lady who was the the. Secretary of State of Arizona, which they said that they actually won the election and also what people question because if you are running for governor and as Secretary of State where you are overseeing the administration of how the voting process goes in your state, you would think that she would actually step down right, and therefore be able to go ahead and do your campaign. The problem that people were having is that Kari Lake was saying, who was the, so you guys know where, so Kari Lake was the Republican candidate for the governor in the state of Arizona, and also in her, her opponent was the Democrat, but have, was, was the, the, was the current Secretary of State of the state of Arizona. Right. And Kari Lake was asking her on numerous occasions to come and debate her, and she wouldn't. Right. You know, which is very, very strange. Oh, no matter what is, it could have been the inverse where if I, if it's a Democrat and the, the other, his, his or her opponent was like, why won't you debate? That's a normal thing. Right. And I mean, that's just, I think that speaks to the, uh, to the craziness of oh, what's fairness. Yeah. Well, right. uh, yeah. Did, I mean, the, no, uh, the notion of fairness. Right. Even, right. Right. And so, right. We had the events of January 6th. So a week later, 197 House Republicans voted against Trump's impeachment, despite his having used one branch of government to ferment violence against another. They're talking about, you know, the insurrection and everything like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Liz Cheney of Wyoming, the most senior of the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach, survived an effort to remove her from her post as chair of the House Republican Conference, but was censored by her state's party organization yeah i mean they eventually just yeah yeah so in the house more more republicans voted against cheney than voted to remove marjorie taylor green she's a she's just a flat-out whack job (laughs) of georgia the extremist trump stalwart and QAnon promoter from her committee posts she lost those assignments but only because the democrats voted her out and then on February 13th, all but seven Republican senators voted to acquit Trump in his impeachment trial. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that right there, it, it's not about, um, th- those are examples of what conservative Republicans, I mean, are, or so-called, let's just call it so-called mm-hmm. conservative Republicans, right? Maybe I just didn't pay enough attention uh, in college and in middle school uh, to politics, but I can never remember 
this kind of infighting. I would agree. Okay. And that really doesn't matter, you know, uh, in Unwoke Nation, really, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, Tim and I are neither, you know, we're very, we try to be very apolitical. And so, you know, we're, you know, to see the amount of division that we have going on in this country, I mean, it's, it is, it's like, for lack of a better term, I mean, it's like, it's just downright war. It's like, you know, like you had said, you said before, uh, you know, whatever happens, as long as my guy wins, you know, that's what it is. I mean, you know, we've talked about this on the show before. I mean, we have people probably had neighbors that hung out and stuff. All of a sudden right. they don't hang out anymore. And, you know, all those different things. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. You know, instead of saying like, hey, I am one vote, I'm one voice. This is what it is. You know, check the box. Off we go. Best person wins. You don't call it a day. Yeah, that, like, that, that notion, doesn't, that doesn't exist, right? And right. So, there's a gentleman by the name of uh, Thomas Patterson. He's a political scientist at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. Argued, argued in his book, Is the Republican Party Destroying Itself? That over time, the party has set a series of traps for itself that have eroded its ability to govern and acquire new sources of support. Okay. The modern Republican Party was built upon the Southern Beachhead that Goldwater established more than half a century ago. Johnson rightly worried that his embrace of civil rights would lose the South for uh, the Democrats for at least a generation. Okay. And so you come into 68, Nixon won the presidency employing the Southern strategy and appealed to white racial grievances. Where have we heard white racial grievances recently? White racial grievances? Yeah. Turn on turn on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. True. It's littered with white racial grievances. Mm-hmm. You know, our own formal president was even preaching white racial grievances in his own way. Okay. Right. I don't think you, there's there's nothing that can be denied there. Um. And it's also this notion that the GOP is steadily drifting toward the right from what's called conservative politics to reactionary politics. It's dependence on older white voters, its reliance on right-wing media, uh, its support for tax cuts for the wealthiest Americans, and its increasing disdain for democratic institutions and, and norms are all portend increasing division and diminishing pool of voters. Okay, so... That I would agree with. Okay, so here's part of what I disagree, and actually what I did is I um, I actually went ahead and I pulled up uh, on the website for the Republican National Convention, and it actually has written for their platform, and it says Republicans believe in, in liberty, economic prosperity, preserving American values and traditions, and restoring America's dream for every citizen this, of this great nation, as a party, we support policies that seek to achieve um, these goals. So they're talking, so just going on a little bit more about, you know, stimulating economic growth, protecting constitution and guaranteed freedoms, and the like. Now, these are things where that I can understand, you know, what's that are good to, you know, that are good to, to stand with. And also, I would say it's like that if there's a belief that, 
the Republican Party has has gotten away from that, then so be it. Would that would that happen to be due to Trump and also because he's a very brash person, as we said before, he might not always carry himself very presidential. Yeah, I can understand where it might see you that maybe we kind of went off a little bit of the deep end and stuff like that. But but you know what I will disagree with is when you have it where saying that it's like that conservatives are the reason why we're having a lot of division. That's where I have to disagree because we have a current president that ran on saying that he wanted to have bipartisanship. We haven't seen that. And so, well, the bill that to fund the um, government for what was it? 42 days was a bipartisan effort. Well, yes, but we're talking about over the span of the, of his, of Biden's term. It's like, you know, there's been a lot more division that's been going on amongst, you know, amongst the administration and stuff like that. I mean, there have been situations where, you know, you've had conservatives say, it's like, wait, we can't do these certain things or whether it's dealing with uh, inflation and stuff like that. And then it's almost like they turn around and they're blaming it on conservatives when it's policies where that that you had Democratic Congress people putting in place. So that I just don't understand why they want to blame everything that might be on somebody who's concerned. Because like I said, I'm a proud conservative. And also, but I'm also understanding enough that I can listen to other people who are, you know, who are Democrats like that and say, okay, you know, because I mean, yeah, I I don't want the country to be this way, the division that we're talking about. So I would love to be able to have an opportunity where we all can kind of come together and say, you know, be as Americans. I know you and I, we talked about them before, you know, um, well, I'm, I'm thinking, um, uh, gosh, I'm just uh, drawing a blank and also, but there's a, a clothing company where, so that's called 912. And the whole purpose of the company of the company was, and why they named it 912 is because of 9-11, you know, so right. on 912, that was, a, that was the one moment in U.S. history on, you know, September 12, 2000, uh, 2001, mm-hmm. you know, where Americans didn't care what political party they were part of. All they cared about was our country was attacked. People, people died. You know, so we have an enemy and we need to take care of it. You know, that was a conspiracy, right? Yeah, I know people say that that's some, that's, yeah, it's, that's a so, whole new, new <laughs> that is a whole new episode, right. dude. So, so uh, you know, I'm going to disagree with you there because I think on the point that I had made earlier, I think what you were reading is a warm and fuzzy to people who want to read, oh, what is the Republican platform about? I think you represent what is going to be or what could be the evolution mm-hmm. of the current conservative party, right? Okay. Um, because I, if you take you know the House and the Senate, and you know everybody that's running for um, the presidential. That's running in the presidential election for this year, right? Uh-huh. Um, they, in some capacity, and not all, um, you know, I don't think Chris Christie uh, represents um, any of Trump's views. I think he spends more time attacking Trump. Um, probably eat pizza a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, he, and he's stopping up toll booths on the um, New Jersey <laughs> Turnpike, right? Um, <laughs> 
I think DeSantis in some capacity, even though he started to go down the road of um, saying that Trump will betray you uh, if elected um, in what he's saying. But, but I think if we take the party in its current form and how it's behaving itself, you know, in the House and in the Senate, uh, you know, I think in this discussion, they're they're not that far off, to be honest. To be honest, based on the points that we have been making so far, I think you rep you and your views represent what the future is, or hopefully is, and that um, things come back around, everybody settles down, and it's about bipartisan uh, legislation and solving. Um, the problems of our country. I just don't know that that's going to happen anytime soon. I think there's going to be a process of that. So I, I do understand. I appreciate the the compliment of what you said. And I'll, um, I, do I think do I think that there needs to be certain changes? And also, because I've said for a while that I think when I start to see certain things go a little bit too away from I, what what I would say the platform, like I was just, although I know you said warm fuzzy, but I'm sure, I'm sure the DNC has got something written very similar. Oh, I guarantee you, know. you it's, it's warm and fuzzy. Right. On and the, it's not being tit for tat. It's no, not, no, 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 no. On the DNC, no, that's, that, that's a completely fair, right. um, you know, but, statement. But I, I just think that, you know, we, I, I think what people need to understand is like, you know, people who think like myself and also when we say we want America great, Again, where so you have people out there that try to make say, oh, that just sounds like that's just being a a racist statement of where. So, well, well, I will give you this much, you know, because I've actually read basis like 42 different points where the Republican Party's actual platform. Mm -hmm. The number one thing it says, number one, is so we believe in American exceptionalism. In other words, where so we want America to be the the leaders as it had been in the things in the things that go on in the world, and that's and that is a really really good thing or so you know every four years we as americans regardless of party come together and we see 10 people 12 people or some or one individual who's wearing the red white and blue standing mm -hmm. on ice a court or, or a field and we cheer our heads off believing that we have the best athletes in the world mm -hmm. okay and it's that type of belief that you know that we take from sports that i want us to be able to take as a country you know no one sister and says no one sits there and says, you know, when when uh, Mozambique sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. No, they say when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. And when there are issues that go on in this world, mm -hmm. people count on America, regardless of president. They count on America to say there's a crisis going on. Somalia, Bosnia, all those different countries. And they count as like, can America help us? You know, when the Yazidis were being chased by by ISIS. Our soldiers showed up, and which, by the way, if there's any of you guys out there who serve at all, thank you for serving. Yep. We really appreciate we each really... and every one of you guys and for listening. You know, our soldiers sh showed up, right. and I think that's where, at least I feel, people who are conservatives like myself, that's where we want us to go. We want to have the greatest economy. We want people to be able to thrive. We want people to be able to go for their dreams. We want to have an economy that's going to, that's going to work. And you know? also, we want to make sure that. You know, mom and dad or don't have to sit there and decide, man, do I go get some bread or do I have to get gas to go to work? Right. You know, so that's where it comes. So, you know, we want to have families feel protected. 
You know, so we want to be make sure that we have, you know, uh, have senior citizens where that know that they've made enough money after 40, 50 some years of working all that they don't have to sit there, you know, at, at some chair where they're saying, hello, welcome to Walmart, because, you know, they can't pay enough where to uh, for their medication everything, right. which is asinine being four hundred dollars for like a little two ounce bottle. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. You know, um, you know, I there is one group. um that I think we're leaving out okay. um, that this uh, article in the New Yorker does reference. And um, it got me thinking about it is within the Republican party, you do have this moderate Republican sort of centrist. Okay. That's fair. Right. Um, and if you really look at that centrist stance, I mean, explain that more to the audience. So, when you, what do you mean by centrist? You're, you're in a you're in the middle, mm-hmm. right? You're you're not you're not so hardcore far um, on issues one way, and you're not hardcore on the other. You stand in the middle. You look at both, and you kind of say, okay, what's you know what I would consider the happy medium of the two, mm-hmm. right? I, that's where that comes in, and so. You know, there's been this marginalization that has accelerated in the past decade since the advent of the Tea Party. Mm. Right? Um, Gosh, that dropped like a bad habit after 2016. Yeah, it did. And so moderates in Congress recognize that if they hewed to a centrist position, they would face serious primary challenges. Um, You know, in 2010, conservatives revolted against the Obama administration's bailout of the banks during the housing crisis. Because, Tim, the truth be told, if you ran Tim's Barbershop and you weren't able like that, nobody's bailing you out. I know. Right. This notion that banks are too big to fail, the AIGs of the world, too, I, I didn't subscribe uh, to that at all. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, during, so in theory, that uprising could have spawned a cross-partisan populist alliance you know, of the anti-corporate left and fiscal conservatives. Um, it was, but it was com- com- uh, quickly subsumed by paranoid uh, racist currents that same year as debates over the Affordable Care Act came to dominate American politics, right? Again, Tea Party gatherings began to resemble, uh, began to resemble proto-Trump rallies. Okay. Right? Um at which the first black president was sometimes lampooned as a monkey. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to deny this kind of goes like what you say with a French thing. I mean, right. so when, you know, cause at the time when, when Donald, I'm sorry, at the time when Barack Obama became, was running for president for his first term, I mean, as a black person, I'm letting you know that was something that we thought our grandmothers would never, oh, I would, ever be able to see. Well, that. I, I think the founding fathers, I mm-hmm. you know, in their infinite wisdom, and, and I I believe in you know a lot of their um, future state vision or what they envision for the country. While I think. Um, uh, black rights, black equality. I think they envisioned that, but this notion that our country could ever get to 
a place where we would elect a black man as president. I don't know that they ever saw that. Well, right? yeah. And, and when you're talking about those people, you know, out there who would be calling, you know, people names where so and OK, and let's actually go on the other side, because what you are saying is very true. There are white people out there who did not want to see a black man become president. But I also want to let you know is that on the other side, there were black people who also were against him, too, saying, oh, he's not, quote, black enough. Or right. we have, you know, Jesse Jackson self saying, you know, what they called him on a hot mic, self saying, you know, he'd want to cut his nuts off. Right. You know, all those different, you know, all those different things. And so, I mean, he called, he was really between a rock and a hard place and also, but at least he had, which is what he, ra- he ran on, um, you know, hope and change. I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, that was his, uh, uh, that was his slogan for his campaign, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you know, guys, uh, let you know. So that, that day in 2008 and also where maybe some of you guys here in the unwoke nation or so who might've watched that election night or so against John McCain there at Grant Park, I was there. I still have the ticket and stuff like that. I can't tell you guys the, the electricity that was happening that night. I still will forget. I will never forget the lady. He was a white lady who was standing mm-hmm. behind us and they were looking at all the jumbotrons and it, it was showing Barack Obama's face and I was saying he was new elect president like that. I never have gotten a greater hug from a stranger. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know. She was crying her head off. There were, I was surrounded by thousands of people. It was an amazing, you know, thing to see. And it was like, wow, this actually, you know, happened and so uh and i hope i'm not going hope i'm not going on tangent here but but it's like um but yeah i mean it was just it was one of those those phenomenal things where i thought i'd never see something like that and unfortunately you know my my grandmother had passed away i think eight years ahead of time and also no love to been able to see that work because i know you know uh she was very pre she was uh we had a black mayor one of our first black mayors in our city and she was very very proud of him you know but she never got to see her first her black president, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, she missed it by, yeah, six years. She passed away, mm. you know, so, but uh, anyway, sorry, Tim, I think I might no, be no, going no, to no, tangent no, here. <laughs> no, but I, you know, that's, you know, as we look at um, the, Re- the Republican Party, right, mm. or the right, um, I think we see... Um, I seek, or I, I believe what we see is this notion of replacement theory coming through. Okay. And, yeah, and, we talk about right. That. And we talked about that. And if, if, if you know what replacement theory is, it's this notion that white America is also, is ultimately going to be supplanted by, um, some other, uh, demographic, whether it's uh, Hispanics, um, Jews, uh, African Americans, mm-hmm. uh, you name it, right? And so you have this entire group that's you know that believes that that's not going to happen, right? And so I think when we look at the Republican Party itself, right, it's is. Is it capable of adapting to modern circumstances? 
or will it uh, turn into a more malign version of itself, one even more dependent on white status anxieties? I would say the former. I could see there being certain changes in the uh, in how the party goes. I think a couple of things I think I would like to see is um, I would like to see the party go a little bit younger. There are just certain people, and I mean no disrespect towards him and also, but we look at situations like Mitch McConnell, which is quite frankly where so he should not be in office anymore. I, I agree. I, wish, I would agree I with wish that. Him, you know, uh, you know, definitely best of health. You know what's going on, but obviously, you know, there are a lot of, and I hope I'm using the right term, a lot of the, the, the old guard or the blue mm-hmm. dogs or whatever you want yeah, to call them. No, that's accurate. I um, mean, but, but that has been the undertone of what we've been talking about, right? We have a group that is clinging to power um, that I would say, I think is accurate saying they fear change, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that's natural within every, every society. There's always groups that fear change. Um, but I think our founding fathers got it right when they said they fear um, or are or are suspicious of factions. Mm-hmm. And essentially, the Democratic Party, the Tea Party, the Republican Party, um, the Libertarians, those are all factions, mm-hmm. right? Um, but as our government grew, it was really the only way you could amass representation per a group, right? And, I mean, we have to keep in mind that George Washington, when he ran for president, he was the only independent to ever be elected into office. Mm. We have never had an independent since. And why is that? Because they get snuffed out by either the red or blue party. Yeah, well, because now also understand, too, it's like, you know, so the... The Democratic Party and everything so was founded by Andrew Jackson, and the Republican Party was actually founded by Abraham Lincoln. Now, you see, unfortunately, we have some people out there who are extremely ignorant of history and would automatically sit there, being a black person, just to put it out there, right. would automatically sit there and think, oh, well, you know, Lincoln freed slaves and everything, so he must have been a Democrat. No, that's not true. Actually, no. Democrats were extremely against slavery and stuff right. like that, against women's rights and all those different and all those different things. Please, people, educate yourself. But that's the point. Right. But you're right. I mean, it's like, you know, you know, G-Dub being so I was the first independent. I mean, you're right. There hasn't been one ever since where ever since that time where it's like, yeah, I mean, since the both parties were you were either Democrat or Republican. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I know. And you we talked about this before. I think it was uh, I thought the best chance for the Libertarian Party was probably during the uh, the uh during uh, Trump's campaign, right? Because there are a lot of lib- libertarians. Where I have a friend, where I have a friend I've known for over eleven years here, and uh, and I mean, he was telling me some of his thoughts were from libertarians, and I had a couple other friends too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there were some things I was really going. I'm a Republican. I, I even I was like, yeah, you know what, bro? That actually makes a lot of sense, you know. So, but you're right; they get snuffed out, or or you know what you find too, libertarian is like, and especially at this time, you know the whole. Uh, marijuana issue mm-hmm. was was still something like okay yeah we believe in libertarian this that and the other no but as soon as they got to you know getting the old doobies it was like and eh, you know well but there's also that message that if you vote anything other than democrat or republican you're throwing your vote away 
Yeah, and I which, don't think that's right. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, no. And, and so I think if you take from 2010 to 2024, okay? Um, you know, let's actually, let's back that up. If you take um, from when Obama was elected president in his first term, okay, okay to now, uh-huh. have we so have we witnessed the what I would call the decline of the, the Republican Party in terms of what it originally meant? During that time, I I would say absolutely. And it's declined because we have a group that is clinging to power that doesn't want change. Okay. I think if you're saying amongst like your your established ones like your yeah. McConnells and stuff like that. The I mean, esta- I, yeah. Yeah. I, the I, establishment. I can, I can say, you know, yeah, they're, they're everybody's like, you know, we don't want as much change or but to say that there's not change to go in the direction that I think that we should go. I think that's happening. I mean, think about, it. you know, give an example. And also in the last, what was it? Uh, I think it was in uh, Trump's third year or something like that. So there were more female, female congressmen elected to Congress mm-hmm. than any other time in U S history. Right. It's like so. There has been change, and a lot of them were a lot of them were were Republicans. I don't think that the debate is around change as much as we have lost. We've watched the Republican Party just deteriorate, that I, and and maybe in a good way. Because mm-hmm. um, when you see something breaking down as bad as I, in my opinion, the party is it lends itself to a whole new group in a whole new way of thinking okay to come back around and look at what were the original values that the gop was founded on okay um more conservative values uh smaller government mm-hmm. more money in your pocket yes right absolutely right now you've got a bunch of just white racist dudes clinging to power because they don't want to change. And you're watching the, all you have to do is turn, turn on any news outlet and you're going to see some form of infighting in some capacity. Right. I mean, right now we're what we are without a house speaker. Yeah. And that's going to take over a week and there's going to be, you can't tell me that there isn't going to be continued lobbying after the fact or the are, are we going to exceed what was it McCarthy took 10 times to get confirmed as house speaker yeah it took a while right i mean so even then so yeah, for a week uh, yeah so are we talking about a phoenix metaphor here born out of the ashes once mm-hmm. you know once the existing um you know white traditionally white base um ages out and we mm-hmm. get something new mm-hmm. and then we see where things go. I think it's possible, but, yeah. but keeping it in the context of what we are seeing right now. And then just the incredible infighting, um, the, you know, the appeals to white base, the, um, the appeals to authoritarian views in some capacity, um, you know, 
the racist undertones, you know, I, I think we're, we're only going to continue to see that that, um, continue to take place. And so from my perspective, my review, um, I would absolutely say that the right has definitely lost its mind. It's, it needs a reckoning is really what needs to happen. I would agree. And that's kind of what I was saying before. I think it needs a reckoning of, yep. of being able to understand more about uh, minorities and understand that there are minorities out there who do believe in the original uh, foundational platform of what the Republican Party, that it does need to get younger with better ideas. Right. And we do have, I mean, we have the young, what's it called? I think it's called the Young Republicans. Where I think it's, it's held up by Charlie Kirk, I think, if I stand correct. And, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of, of them out there who are conservative say, hey, you know, we can we're willing to jump into politics and be a part of change to change around the word to the original form of what the uh, uh, what the Republican Party uh, stands for. You know, right. Like I said, I mean, I run into a lot more black Republicans and also we already went over that. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can say you could say like the aging out. No, I can understand. And then, like I said, you know, people like your 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 uh McConnell's like you know they have to go yeah i don't like, i no, don't disagree yeah it, it just has to go things have to be able to to change but i agree i think you know once trump was out of there and also the one of the first things i said i'm like okay can we please get back to our original platform of what we were as republicans you know and our base our basic principles yeah and i don't think we ever got there to be honest with you oh after yeah oh, i would agree yeah i would agree. because so, because there is so much tension Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there is so much tension where so it's just kind of like, you know, it's almost like some people might have dug their heels deeper, so to speak, you know. And uh, so but no, I mean, we, that's what I say. I like we I, need to revert back to that. that well, sense. to that point, I think it was you finally had a group that was like, oh, I'm white. I can speak my white mind, even if that's racist and I can dig and I've got control right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do that shit. Right. So. I do think the Republican Party has definitely lost its mind. Um, it, it It's ready for a change. It needs to change. But um, we'd love to get your feedback on this Unwoke Nation. As always, you can reach us at feedback at unwoketheshow.com. That is feedback at unwoketheshow.com. Also, leave uh, your comments on, you know, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Podbean. We're on Spotify. Um, would love to get your feedback and views there. And as always, Rich, thank you so much. It was great talking to you, man. Looking awesome. forward to our next show. And as always, stay unwoke. All right, guys. Have a good night.